Hey landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. We are back. It's your host, Kelly Bailey of The Landlord Diaries here with... Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Katie Lyon. I'm a member of the Furnished Finder team and your co-host. Um, today, we are here with D, And D is like the definition of you think something up and you prove it and then you multiply it. So she scaled the number of doors that she has to offer traveling medical professionals very, very quickly and still did an amazing job at furnishing them and styling them. So there's so many great tips and tricks to take away from this episode. I can't wait for you all to hear it. And I just want to remind everyone that this episode and every episode of The Landlord Diaries is brought to you by Furnished Finder. Um, We are the one-stop website for all things midterm rental. Um, If you are listing a property, it is only $99 for an entire year. Today, we have Dee Colson in Kansas City, Missouri with us. Dee started Lux High End Properties in the height of COVID in an effort to provide safe, comfortable, luxury, all-inclusive, flex-term housing to traveling medical and corporate professionals. Dee started out with one apartment suite and quickly scaled the business up to 14 units within six months. You can connect with Dee on her website, LuxHighEndProperties.com. And for everyone listening, Lux has no E at the end, just L-U-X. Hi, Dee. Thanks for being with us today. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're excited. Let's jump into the first question, which is, what is all-inclusive flex-term housing? So basically, all-inclusive is kind of what it sounds like. It includes everything, utilities, uh, all the extra amenities, depending on the location, anywhere from um, swimming pools, fitness centers, uh, the gym, which is kind of different. Some of them have stretch centers, uh, rooftop lounges, rooftop decks, courtyards, things like that. So everything is included. Um, and basically it's flex term because basically our guests pretty much have control over how long they stay. It's not like long term signing a long term lease. So basically anywhere from 30 days to 60 days to 90 days or more, but they have more control over that. So that's basically what flex term housing is. 
Love it. And on our intro call, I really enjoyed hearing your story of how Lux High-End Properties came about. So can you share that with everyone, please? So basically, we were kind of in the height of COVID. And I was trying to figure out, I was kind of in transition for myself as far as my life was concerned as well. And I wanted to figure out, you know, what is my next step? What What is it for me to do? Um, and so I was hearing all these stir- stories of medical professionals, traveling nurses, uh, traveling in the height of COVID, having problems, you know, finding a, a safe place, comfortable place to stay, um, connecting with people that they can trust in the meantime of trying to find a place to stay. And I was just like, OK, how can I contribute to that? And so just basically woke up one day got in my car, didn't know what I was going to do, didn't know where I was going to go, didn't know what I was going to say, and just got in my car, pulled over on the side of the road, tried to get it together. When I came up on the first property, I walked in and just told them what I was trying to do, you know, and I was thinking either they're going to say yes or no, and if they say no, I'll just go to the next place. You were the boots on the ground. That's awesome. (laughs) I I really was. (laughs) So D, tell us, are these all then rental properties that you are arbitraging, which a lot of our audience will know what that means, but for those that don't, you are renting a property and then furnishing it, improving it, and then re-renting it out to someone else, in essence. Exactly. We'll call that the, we'll call that the Cliff Notes version. Or have you purchased these properties? And the second part of my question is, how did you scale it so quickly? Um, exactly. It is, uh, properties that I'm renting and then renting them out to, um, other people. Um, I did not purchase any properties at all and how I scaled it so fast. It was just the the demand, you know, it was, I only had one apartment suite. I had furnished that and fully stocked that. And before I could get that one finished, I got a I got a call for another and a call for another. And so I was like, okay, this is picking up really fast. So I'm like, okay, let me get this first one filled. As soon as the first person moved in, I was in the stores. I was placing orders. I was scoping out and trying to make decisions on how I was going to get the next one and the next one filled. And literally, it just happened just like that. And tell us, how are you getting the word out when you say, you know, as first as before you even had the first person moved in? you had more demand coming in, which is the best problem to have. Um, But how are you getting the word out? How are you finding these potential tenants? Um, Furnish finder and word of mouth and um, going to the hospitals in the area, um, just talking to people and then them sharing. If they knew somebody, then they spoke to somebody. So basically word of mouth and furnish finder. Love it. Yeah, that's that's the part that I think a lot of people just don't conquer well is the the boots on the ground part, which it sounds like you're the best at. So one thing when we've talked before, you said that setting up a business for arbitrage because you have to have, you know, the right information in place to to talk uh with the apartment complexes and you said that was the easy part. So can you pass along that same confidence to those that are listening and thinking of going the arbitrage route? Yeah, setting up your business is definitely the easy part because you can be at home, you can be in your car, you can set that up on your phone, 
or on your desktop or on your laptop. Uh, and it takes probably less than 15 minutes. If you have a name for your business, if you have an address for your business, um, that's pretty much all you really need to get started. So that's how you got your EIN number was with your, exactly. uh, just a business name and your, and your exactly. address? Yes. Went to um, the state site for the state of Missouri and answered all the questions, typed that information in, and you get your EIN. Well, I got my EIN number on the spot. I didn't have mm -hmm. to wait for that. And that was shocking because some things were delayed and it did give you uh, a message like, okay, there may be a delay because of the situation with COVID. Um, but there was no delay. I got that immediately. And I just immediately just kind of, because I didn't know, I mean, I had a business before, but I did, it was a totally different business. I owned a uh, beauty salon in Texas. And so that was totally different. And for this, it was just like, I was just learning as I went. So it's very easy to get that part set up. 15 yeah. minutes. That's all it took. That's incredible. <laughs> that's amazing. I have found that, I mean, the LLC formation process is, is different in every state, but here in Colorado, they just passed a piece of legislation that, well, it went into effect on, on January 1st, that the cost to form an LLC is now $1. Wow. It's $1. So a lot of places are trying to make it really, really easy to support small business. And even getting an EIN, man, that sounds really intimidating. It is not. You can totally do it. And there are a lot of resources to walk you through online. Um, that you That's something that any property owner is fully capable of doing themselves. So, you know, be confident. Go in there and exactly. do it. Exactly. So... The second part of, of the setting up a business that I think you did a little differently is you didn't want your home address used and you went through a different program. So do you want to tell others about that option? Yes, um, exactly. I did not want my um, personal address, you know, connected to my business. I didn't want my personal address out there, period. I just wanted that part to be private. So I connected with a registered agent that serviced uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And when you do that, you can use the registered agent's address and phone number, or you can have your own phone number. So basically I got a phone number through the registered agent's office, which is, they're two separate services. And what they do is once you set your business up, then they get, like you can have your mail go there and they'll send you emails um, and they'll send you an email and say, okay, you need to open this message and you can view your mail that way. And so if nice. any kind of emergency comes up, they'll notify me as far as uh, the business is concerned. So they just keep kind of keep me on top of things with uh, the, the mailing aspect of it or the business aspect of it. Anything that comes from the state, they'll put like an emergency message or notification. So I'll know that this is really important. Now, Dee, I'm going to circle back to your properties a little bit. Are all 14 of your doors within the same apartment complex or how many apartment complexes are you working with? Right now, I'm working with three. Um, they're in different locations, uh, one in Lee Summit and then two in uh, two different locations in Kansas City, Missouri. So we have another one in Uptown and another in Westport. And how are you going about pricing these different properties? Um, and what is your vacancy rate like? Um, the way I go, I do comparative pricing for what I'm offering. 
And my prices are a little bit higher because of uh, the properties that I'm partnered with. Uh, we've had a lot of people transfer from properties that they come from that, okay, they wanted something different or presented it as something different. And so we try to stand by what we present. Whatever you see, that's what you get. Um, but we try to keep our prices uh, compared to the higher standard based off of one bedrooms, two bedrooms, you know, whatever, whatever the apartment size. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> What's your vacancy rate like? I know I like to do dual questions, which she is not does. fair to anyone. <laughs> um, pretty much I stay full for the most God, part. That's amazing. Like maybe in one month I've had one, one unit vacant. And then by the time I get that one filled, maybe the month will roll over and I'll have another one vacant. At one point in time, one time I had three vacant, but right after I figured I had three vacant, then I filled them all up. So God. I pretty much stayed full. And I got up That's to 16, amazing. actually. In, so, wow. like, in 14 of those in six months. It's so you, it's just impressive how you just, you know, you, you took your thought into quick action and you made it happen. And it's going to be an encouragement for a lot of, um, a lot of it listeners, is. uh, listening to this episode. Now I've done a little bit of on the ground arbitrage myself. I only have one arbitrage style. It's more of a partnership, but after listening to Brandy's episode, which is one of our very first episodes on the Landlord Diaries, and still one of the most popular episodes, if you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen mm -hmm. to episode number two, which is Brandy's. And she has uh, arbitrage as well. But so I, I said, okay, I like this arbitrage thing. I'm going to get I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to go start calling all these places and find me an arbitrage in Austin, Texas. And so I started uh, looking around at the places she said to, to kind of do your research on where arbitrage, uh, how to find out if an apartment is arbitrage friendly. And I started calling and every, every, uh, apartment complex that I called, was like, no, we don't do arbitrage or yeah, we will let you, uh, do sublease, but they have to live there for a year. What? So how was it for you? How, how many, uh, how many visits did it take for you to find the three complexes to arbitrage? I would say, and the one thing I didn't do that, that you did was that I didn't make any phone calls initially because I wanted to see, first of all, I was checking them out before I allowed them to check me out. I wanted mm -hmm. to see if this property um, had what I wanted to offer because if they didn't have what I wanted to offer, there was no reason for me to approach them with what I needed from them. Um, so basically it took me maybe about maybe eight. And some of them said yes, but some of the ones that said yes, once I connected with some of the people and I got a better understanding of the property, because to me, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna offer a service. And I'm going to say, okay, we offer this service. This is the type of business that we run. And this is the type of property that we want to provide for you. Then I also want to find out about maintenance and all of these other things, because you're kind of in a vulnerable situation when you say, okay, you're going to provide this kind of 
class A service, but then you connect yourself with maybe a property that doesn't provide that service and you have no control over that. So that's where it was just like, okay, me making the decision. They told me yes, but do I really want to move forward with this, this property? So yeah, I didn't make any phone calls and it took me about eight before I got my, my first yes. And the first yes, the property was brand new. They hadn't even opened yet. And, um, I saw the I saw the property itself, but that particular day before I got the yes, I wasn't even able to directly speak to someone. So that was the first time that I had to make a call because I was really interested. It was very beautiful and I wanted to talk to somebody. And she immediately was just like, oh, yes, of course. And I was like, OK, so we're going to do this. So that's kind of how that went. And I think this is a this is excellent advice that you're giving because we hear this pretty often on the show. Figure out what you want your niche to be and go after it. Like, how are you going to make yourself and your properties stand out uh, with you know the masses? So, such great advice. And you have chosen luxury apartments. So, why did you choose that as your niche market? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Because I'm a luxury type girl. Mm. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) for me, anything I want for myself, I want to be able to provide for other people. Like I told you, I used to own a beauty salon. I never tried any product on anyone that I didn't try on myself. So my hair was many different colors. But that's the type of the of mindset that I have. If I want to be comfortable and I have a certain standard for myself, then I'm definitely going to have a certain standard for my business. And I want to provide that type of service to, you know, my guests. Mm-hmm. All right, Dee, I'm going to ask you a question. And, and Kelly knows this and some of our listeners probably know this. I'm the queen of asking uncomfortable questions. So you can always <laughs> bypass it. if you don't want to answer a question, that's okay. But I'm sitting here thinking luxury, high end. We're not getting all of our furnishings at Walmart. And yet we've furnished 14 apartments in six months. Tell me how you funded that. Because Kelly and I know, Kelly and I both have furnished rentals. And while it is a lot more affordable to furnish a midterm rental than say like a beach house for Airbnb, you know, it's still all that little stuff adds up. Mm -hmm. It, It really does. But my thing was, you know, when they talk about bootstrapping, I started with nothing. And I mean, this may sound crazy and people may say, okay, she's not being honest about this. I literally bootstrapped because I had nothing to start with. So whatever I made, I simply put it back into the business and I had to shop really fast, but I had to make very wise decisions. And how I did that was basically 
making up my mind what the theme was going to be for that particular unit. Okay, and once I decided what the theme was going to be for that particular unit, then whenever I went out to the stores, pr predominantly because everything was going so fast, it had to be hands-on. I had to see it in a store. I did get some little odds and ends online, but pretty much it was me uh, packing my car with things that I saw at this store, things that I saw at that store. And when one person filled one unit and they paid their rent and they paid their deposit, I was using that money for the next one. And are you comfortable sharing roughly how much it costs you bootstrapping um, and looking for deals and shopping locally to furnish each apartment? Because I think this is something Kelly and I are going to start exploring more on the podcast because we do get so, so many questions about it. And it's something that Kelly and I talk offline a lot about. I'm like, Hey, what do you put in your kitchens? What do you put here? Oh, I'm looking at a two bedroom versus a one bedroom. How Ooh. much is that going to charge? Like how much is that going to change my total furnishing price? So, oh, you know, what area do you, it changes it. Even I've done a one bedroom versus a studio and even that changes it, man. Yes. Um, so basically as far as furnishing, um, it costs about, and, and that's going to vary because it depends on what you want to put in it. Like my first unit, it's um, Hollywood Regency style. And so that one was more expensive because of what I put in it. First, it was my first one and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I, I have history and experience in interior design, but the interior design aspect of it and the actual shopping for this was totally different. Yes, I had to design it once I got everything, but getting everything so fast, it was just like, okay, I need, I only, I don't have a budget. I really didn't have a budget because right. I didn't have any money for real. But right. it was just like finding little tidbits, finding things on clearance, finding things on sale. Uh, and that first one cost me about $6,000. That's still not awful. Mm -hmm. It's not. Because it was fully furnished and fully stocked and the rent was paid and the utilities, the utilities were on and the insurance was paid. Yeah. So, I mean, that's awful. Especially you think an Airbnb, you know, to furnish an Airbnb house is probably more like 30. So. I probably could do that one on a, on a less budget too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your furnishing style sounds similar to an episode that we have with Robert Nunez, who uh, has 60 plus listings on Furnish Finder. And he does the same thing where he picks a theme and then he goes after it. He'll find that piece of artwork and then work around that focal point and go from there. So we're seeing exactly. a trend here. I like it. <laughs> now, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is... On the top of a lot of people's minds when they think of arbitrage is how does the insurance work? Does the apartment comp companies have any specific requirements? And what have you figured out is how you like to uh, make sure that your stuff and your renters are insured? Uh, properties require rental insurance, basic rental insurance, because you're a resident. You know, your business is a resident. Uh, so they just require you to have basic rentals, renters insurance for that particular unit. So each unit you obtain, you just have to have renters insurance for that unit. Um, some of the properties offer 
rental insurance through their company, their management company. And you can just pick that up there. But some of the other ones, you have to have your own. Uh, and for me, I just get the renter's insurance. But of course, you got to have business insurance because you want to be covered as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I have the business insurance. I have the rental insurance that they require per unit. But I also require um, my guests to have renter's insurance because I'm not living there. So if something happens, it's not going to cover me. It's going to cover them. And because I'm not living there, I'm not really in control over the choices that they make. So they need to be covered for whatever happens while they're there. Like I had a, I had a scare and there was um, a guest and he had worked a 14 hour shift, came in and wanted to cook breakfast and he put the food on the stove and fell asleep. And so Uh I, crazy enough, I had just pulled up in front of the property, right? And I'm sitting in the car running some numbers and I'm hearing all these sirens go off. I'm like, what is going on? And so I see a fire truck and a fire truck pulls up in front of me in my parking spot. And I'm like, man, what's happening? You know, I'm just sitting there. Then I see another fire truck. Then I see another fire truck go around the back of the building. I see police cars pull up. I'm just like, okay, let me get out. So I get out and I walk in. And the first thing I asked, I was like, it's not one of mine, is it? And they they say, no, it's not one of yours. I was like, okay, whoever it is, I hope they're okay. I hope everything's okay. So then, you know, I see more firemen coming in the door and I asked somebody else. I was like, are you sure it's not one of mine? They like, no, it's not one of yours. So <laughs> the assistant manager, she was pregnant at the time and she wasn't there at first. But I see her come, you know, waddling down the stairs and she stops and she looks at me. She was like, you know what? I said, what is it? She says, it's one of yours. Uh-oh. I'm like, oh, no. oh my God, what is happening? What's, is everything okay? So I'm, you know, like freaking out. She's like, it's on the third floor. So I get on the elevator, go to the third floor. And it's literally one of mine. And, but everything was okay. But good. I would have been covered with the insurance had something mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But nothing happened. So that was good. 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 It happens easier than you think. It happened to my sister and I when we were uh, living together in Austin before we were both married. I woke up one day to her yelling, help, help. I was like, oh, no, what's going on? And we never put anything in the oven. And so we don't check the oven before we turn it on to cook toast or Mm. things like that. We just turn it on. Well, she forgot she had put a pizza box in there overnight to kind of hide it because we had guests coming over. And the flames, they were high. I know. And since I was just waking up, my mind was not thinking quick enough. I did not know what to do. I was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And she she reasonably thought about it and found some flour and poured it on top and it was okay. Oh, but it was scary. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So insurance is oh extremely important because, you know, sadly, we're, we're sharing the good stories, but I'm sure we have those listening that have been through the opposite end of those stories. Like one of our episodes, uh, I think it was episode six with Liz. She went through a fire and figured out, you know, did she have good insurance or did she not? So in the end of the day, you didn't have to get insurance involved with that one. It was it was pretty clean cut. Uh, nothing was damaged. Yeah, he just he, he messed up the pot. But hey, right. I'll get another pot. Right. <laughs> That's fine. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that was no damage to the it's property. It's great there. too because that insurance is typically it's not crazy expensive. But this also serves a reminder for even if you own your property, you need to have landlord insurance and not homeowners insurance. Exactly. Um, because those are two very different things. And no matter how you're renting out your property long-term, mid-term, short-term, whatever it is, if something happens and you need to make a claim and you have a renter there and it's not your primary residence, you're going to be in a real bad place. So props to all the insurance brokers out there who are handling all this. (laughs) I do not envy you. Um, All right. Let's talk about something more fun because insurance. Um, Interior design. Kelly and I are always encouraging everyone on the platform to use professional photographers and show off your space. And you do such a great job with this. I would love to hear some of like, maybe like your top three interior design tips for users to help their units stand out. Kelly does an amazing job with her units. I actually use an interior designer on mine because I get a case of the overwhelmies when I look at all the options and I'm like, "Mm, too many options. I quit. (laughs) So, um, but you've done such an amazing job that I think um, just a few tips for our listeners would be so helpful. Um, So basically just basically pay attention to your space um, as far as size of furniture. That's the first thing, because if the furniture is too small, then you're going to have to spend a whole lot more money filling that space because you don't want it to look empty. So if you get furniture that will fit that space, that will fill more room in that space, that's the best thing. And you want to get your biggest pieces first. And the, the first thing that I always think of is the top three pieces. So the top three pieces in your living area is going to be your couch, your uh, coffee table, um, and if you're going to use a TV stand or if you're going to use um, just something to fill that space under your TV, those are the first three pieces that you want to think about. And then the other thing is p- furniture placement. Where are you going to place your couch? That's the first thing that you really do need to think about when it comes to, okay, I'm going to get these three pieces, but where am I going to put it? Okay, because then you want to make sure that how you place your furniture, if you're going to have a TV and most of the time you want a TV, where is the TV going to go versus where the couch is going to go? And that and then everything else is just like filling, filling in the holes. Definitely. I think you made a really good point about the size. I've seen on the Facebook group how many travelers say, hey, we want a full couch. Like we don't want a love seat as a couch. We want a full couch. And maybe some spaces don't have room for that. And you can do like a recliner style where you still are able to relax without having to have a full couch. But I, I never thought about that where if you, if you have the right size, then you're actually going to save money in the long run because you're filling up less space. That's, that's a really good point. I like that. Katie, anything else on that section you want to touch before we move on? I don't think so. I'm looking at these questions about profitability and cash flow per unit. And those are piquing my interest, Kelly. (laughs) What do you want to ask? 
Right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Dee. What, how is your company doing with scaling so quickly? I'm assuming it's going to take, you know, a little bit to get into the black. Um, but what's your typical cash flow per, per unit? And what are some of your goals for your continued growth? Um, so the cash flow per, per unit varies. And that's going to vary, first of all, of course, on the size of the unit. Because we have studios, we have one bedrooms, we have one bedroom dens, we have two bedroom, two baths. Um, and it's going to depend on competition. Um, because you have to kind of fluctuate your pricing depending on what's available out there. Um, but cash flow began and things have kind of changed. Cash flow began anywhere from, I say, 900 per unit, five to nine, I'll put it like that, per unit. Um, and like I said, that kind of fluctuates depending on what's going on in the market at the moment, right. what's out there, what the competition looks like, how many other units available uh, through other uh, companies and you know businesses and people. Um, so you just kind of have to pay attention to that monthly and then you make your changes accordingly. Mm -hmm. For the future, um, what I am thinking about doing is adding more studios because they, they, they are in higher demand. Um, then the one bedrooms are next but studios are in higher demand. It's less overhead. And so I think I want to add more of those because you're making more money on the back end when you're doing the studios because they don't cost as much. The arbitrage that I have as a studio and I love it. My electric bill last month was $18. Wow. Are you kidding me? It was $18. Wait, wait. <laughs> That is fantastic. And I don't I don't think that's the first time we've heard numbers like that either. It's like the studio, yeah. you have a lot less overhead costs. Yeah. It's a studio and it's above, it's a commercial on the ground floor and then it's two layers of apartments. And I think the commercial just generates so much heat that the apartments don't need to use much heat because it's just all flowing up. Well, that's yep. a good Man, I'll tell you. Makes sense. That's a good buy. Good for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> we'll see I what next month play. is like. Okay, but wow. Katie, I That's had an crazy. epiphany today, Katie. Yeah. I think you know, we sometimes we say when we enter landlord logistics, sometimes we don't, but we've got some sections that we like to cover on our show. And I've got a new one I want to add. Savvy systems. Everybody's got savvy systems that they like to use, and we don't talk enough about that. So, is there mm -hmm. some app or something online or some system that you use that you're like, yes, I can't do my business without this? Furnish Finder and Square. Square. Oh, yes. Okay. Tell us about tell us about uh, Square, and then we'll cover Furnish Finder next. Um, Square, because I can easily set up my invoices on Square um, and I can set them up to be reoccurring, that they go out every single month. 
And I can set that up based off of each individual's contract because everybody's pay date is different. And so I don't have to worry about, okay, am I, you know, missing an invoice? Did I send this invoice to this person? You know, it auto, it's automatically set up in the beginning like that. And if they renew or extend their contract, then I just update it and it just keeps going until the end date. So I love that aspect of it. And then mm-hmm. I can always go okay. back and check, you know, um, what everything looks like when I'm running numbers. It's just easy, easy to have everything like that in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is something that makes our landlording life so much easier is when the system can do it for you, right? It's like less work on you me. and the systems in place just make everything flow. So quick reminder, if you don't have a good payment system or uh basically payment system that that you want to just put it on autopilot, set it up at the very beginning, go to KeyCheck Furnish Finder's partner site for everything, all the business tools uh, for your financial side of the business. And you've got the leases, you've got the screening requests, but the payments, they could pay by credit card, bank account, debit card. And all you do is you put in your lease terms. It figures out how much money that the traveler is going to owe you. You don't have to do that either. And or if you don't know what day they're moving out, then you just leave month to month as the option. And when you have an end date, you go back and add the end date and it does it for you and automatically figures out the prorated amount. So it's like, let me set it all up once and then cha-ching, I'll just wait. The rent reminders will go out to my guests and I'll get paid on time and everything is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm glad that Square is working well for you. Now, your other savvy system that you said was Furnish Finder. So that is our next section, Furnish Finder Favorites. What have you found uh, that you love about Furnish Finder most that you think others should, uh, you know, be using as well? So just let me add before I answer that, I do use KeyCheck too. I use KeyCheck for uh, background checks uh, and credit checks. And I love that because it's really easy just putting in the information, you know, having the guests do it on on their back end. And then I get to see the information and see if Mm -hmm. they pass. So, I mean, it's just really that simple. So I love KeyCheck too. Um, but as far as Furnish Finder, what I love is that it's easy and you can easily go in and you can update your information. You can, like I said, sometimes you have to change the pricing based on what's going on. You can easily go in and update the pricing and save it and it automatically updates. Um, you can easily go in and change your pictures because every now and then it's good to have a refresh. You know, you may have somebody that's looking on there that maybe they didn't rent with you at first and they're extending their contract, but where they're living now, they can't extend. So they have to move somewhere else. And so they've seen you before. And so when they go and see you again, maybe for that same unit that they may have been interested in, I'm able to go in and update my photos. Mm-hmm. So all of those mm-hmm. things, it, it, it being easily accessible, that's what I like about Furnish Finder. The other thing is, that it automatically notifies me on my phone and my email when someone is interested. So that's another thing. You know, all I get is a little ding. I have a special little ding for Furnish Finder and I know what's going on when I hear that. And so, uh, yeah, I love that. I want to hear a replica of what what the sound is. What's your ding that you chose for (laughs) Furnish Finder? It's just the 
just, it's just a ding, Kelly. Just a ding. It's not like one of those fun songs or anything no. like cha-ching. Does it go cha-ching? No. <laughs> I get the cha-ching when people pay their, their housing fee. There you go. <laughs> nice. Well, Dee, it was so good to talk to you. I think you brought so much value to our guests and really showed everyone how if you want to make something happen, darn it, like go out and do it. I just, I love everything you've said. I love everything you're doing. And if you're listening and you have not checked out these properties, you are missing out. Go look because they're beautiful. Thank you. Dee, do you want to give everyone a reminder of how they can connect with you? Um, you can connect with me at uh, luxhighendproperties.com. Uh, you can reach out to, um, you can reach us on phone at 660-600-1939. Or you can send us an email at luxhighendproperties at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, Love it. this was such a great episode. We truly appreciate you coming on the show and all of the guests that have given their time to just share their stories. That's what we love hearing is your landlord's stories and how we can all encourage each other. So if you are enjoying the show, please don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you enjoy getting your podcasts. Uh, you can like the episode on YouTube. And if you want to comment, YouTube is the place to go. So sometimes I'll listen to it when I'm on a jog. Uh, uh, and then I'll I'll go pull up that same episode when I'm listening to other podcasts. I'll go pull up that same episode on YouTube and make a comment just because maybe Apple will get with it someday and figure out how to put comments on on the Apple podcast. I'm shocked they haven't yet, but that's uh, that's the best way to do it. Go to YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>